Uh, our topic is going to be fatigue and perseverance today. Uh, for me, uh, Father's Day is truly a window into the reality of fatigue and the need for perseverance, uh, just you know, having little children at home. Uh, and so to keep anything you know, that is of highest value uh, on the front burner of life, it, it requires perseverance. It's not, it doesn't happen automatically. Fatigue is easy to set in. But specifically today, we want to continue our church's discussion of anti-racism when we bring up fatigue and perseverance. So we live in a very fast-paced world. We live in a world with lots of distractions readily available to us. And every idea or news story seems to have a shelf life before fatigue sets in and something else takes its place in the headlines. Uh, and then in addition, for those of us in uh, Brownline Church's community who are white, uh, there's this reality that we've mentioned before a few times, and uh, we have uh, some people studying this book uh, by Dr. D'Angelo called White Fragility. And this is, a re uh, this is a, an important thing for us to recognize. With We uh, white people are especially prone to feeling exhausted or uh, worn out or fatigued by conversations about race because we're not used to having to talk about race. And so our church wants to acknowledge uh, with this conversation today and just in general that we need help to persevere, to resist the fatigue, to resist the temptation to you know, take our foot off the gas with, um, with anti-racism discussions, to revert back to the status quo, uh, even if the news is moving on to the next story, quote unquote, or even if we feel some exhaustion, we want to uh, continue to, uh, to persevere. So Kyle, uh, uh, my co-pastor, I'm gonna invite in, and uh, Hello. Kyle, yeah, hi, Kyle. Uh, it's good to see you. Look at look at Kyle's haircut, everyone. Doesn't it look <laughs> fresh and clean? Oh man, you're getting applause for your haircut. Nice. Uh, so thank you. Let's not read too much into what that means about what was previously true. <laughs> um, but we're just going to be happy that you look great, mm -hmm. um, Kyle. So, uh, what is inspiring you to persevere? And, uh, and not res and resist fatigue, I should say. Yes, well, happy Father's Day, Vince. Um, Thank to you, all the you fathers too. out there. If there's a chance, my, my dad's in on Facebook Live as well, so if he's there, happy Father's Day to you. Um, you know, <laughs> it is interesting how this intersects with Father's Day, because I think um, a lot of, I think, what being a good father is, is prioritizing value over... Uh, kind of the moment and this experience of like if we just let the fatigue of life happen often we are we're living out of response to the moment rather than actually out of our values and I think that that is true in all of these most meaningful conversations and as we talk about uh, what we see is a swell of energy and focus over these last few weeks of um, not falling short in our century-long um, kind of uh, self-understanding of racism in this country, uh, I think it's true as well, is is uh, the way that we see this forward is we truly try to think through what does it look like for us to move forward in a place of value uh, and aligning ourselves with our values and not purely in response for the moment. And I think that it's a complex beat uh, to do that because the thing about the most important stuff in life is it's heavy. Most important stuff in life takes effort and energy and focus, and those things are exhausting. And I think for us, trying to think through how do we rest, not escape, how do we uh, rest so that we can persevere? 
and allow ourselves to, as a community, live out our highest values, as people live out our highest values, is a real challenge. And so I think the, that what, for me, I'm trying to understand this moment as is not just a moment where we had another kind of explosion, an outburst of uh, cry for justice, like we, you know, we've seen throughout history with you know, Ferguson and the civil rights movement. There's lots of moments of this. Uh, but how we really catalyst this moment into lasting and sustained change. And I think that a lot of that does mean that we have to acknowledge fatigue and uh, figure out a way to move through life uh, where comfort is not our goal, um, but we address and avoid burnout at the same time. I think that those are the challenges because if we push too hard and burn out, we're not serving anybody. If I burn out with my kids, I'm not serving anybody. However, if I just allow myself to be dictated by the moment, again, I, I think I fall short in all parts of my life. And I think it's true, especially in this moment, for us to be aware of how frequently we as a society have uh, fallen short and taken um, action that was not fully adequate and then moved on. Are there any uh, specific um ideas or people or uh, movements or things happening or, or scriptures or prayers or anything that like are are inspiring you right now Kyle to just kind of keep at it and 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 not let fatigue win yeah I'm, you know I, I look to a lot of the kind of heroes of of faith that I look up to you know I think about people like Mother Teresa Martin Luther King um, people, uh, St. Francis of Assisi, these people that I look at and say, you know, I hope that my life can be a, a fraction of the impact that they had on this world. And all of them have moments where they talk about uh, deep fatigue and deep struggle and the need for sustenance and moving forward. And in a lot of ways, that's kind of where my prayer life has lived for the last couple of years, is being a place uh, that I've been looking to rest and looking to to find some some help and um, to keep moving forward and keep pressing into the the, the change that I want to see in this world. Um, and I think that uh, we've talked a lot about self-care in this church, and I, I think self-care is a deeply spiritual thing. And I think it's very different than just letting it off the pedal. It's very different than um, kind of ignoring and, and pushing the world out. It, it's intentional space carved out for ourselves, intentional efforts about making sure I'm okay. Because if I'm not okay, then I'm not going to be able to be part of the larger world around me and the fact of what it's trying to do. And so I think it's been trying to hold those tensions, both in my prayer life, as well as in how I, I try to live out a daily rhythm of, of what are the things I do say no to, and, and making sure the things I'm saying yes to align with my values and are not actually just aligning with kind of what sounds best in the moment. Yeah, I appreciate your point that self-care is tied to uh, keeping your keeping your foot down on the pedal. It is not actually taking your foot off the pedal, um, which may, maybe is a helpful, um, I don't know, like a uh, test for us to use to understand, like, are we using our time wisely when it comes to rest or, or recovery? Um, if, it, if it feels as though we're like trying to, you know, get away from uh, keeping our foot down, like we're trying to, um, we're trying to escape, then maybe that, that's a good sign. It's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not sure that is actually recovering uh, what I need um, to persevere. 
Uh, whereas if, if it is actually that, then despite the fact that it's rest, despite the fact that it's self care, that it's taking some time to, um, to focus on yourself, that's actually not in any way taking you away from wider things or, uh, living a, a life beyond self-centeredness. It's actually deeply important to do that so that you can be effective. Uh, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, a couple think, of, please. Well, I was just saying the one thing I, I do think about a lot of these things is, I think why it's deeply important to be aware of the humanity of our heroes. Um, and and what, what I mean by this is um, there's a version of Martin Luther King as this person that was never, ever discouraged or never, ever struggled. There's a version of Mother Teresa that didn't struggle with the daily uh, difficulty of life. And we, in kind of like our celebrity-focused world right now, have this kind of uh, lack of humanity that we see in our heroes. And I think that what's important for me is I can get really discouraged because I, I think as Americans, we're not always well prepared to work through discouragement and not let it take us down. And so to look at people who truly did push through discouragement, push through those things and see the humanity of how those things affected them, that they weren't callous to those things. Like it's the, uh, you know, this, the sense of like, you can only be brave when you are scared. Like you can only persevere when you have experienced disappointment. And I think that those are the things that have been helpful for me is to recognize that when I'm experiencing fatigue and discouragement, that that's a deeply human thing and that I need to not feel like, well, I've somehow fallen short because I want to, I want to quit. I think the desire to quit is a very human thing. I like that a lot. Uh, there's a scripture I pulled that has, um, it's been an inspiration for me um, and is kind of keeping me in, I think that place of like, what is it? Um, what, uh, when I feel this, uh, you know, I am, I am a white person in this culture. And so I certainly um, am somebody who uh, is, struggles with this white fragility. I've not had to think about race. And so, uh, and so there is that, that pressure to go, oh, you're tired or you're exhausted. And I want to push through. And, uh, and a question that I sort of like bat around inside of me that uh, in, in some senses I think can cause us, if, if you rec uh, resonate with this, can cause us anxiety. But in another sense, I wonder if, if there's a way that this can, um, I don't know, open us up into a, a wide open space that isn't anxious, but is just kind of like saying, Vince, step out into something bigger. That question is like, what, what, is, what is required of me right now? Like what, what, is, um, what, what, is the, what is the right thing to do? What is the wise thing to do right now? Some version of that question. And uh, the scripture that's helped me is uh, a, quite a famous one from the Old Testament prophets, um, uh, Micah chapter six. Uh, and there's this, uh, the, the, the most famous part um, is uh, this refrain of to uh, do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. It's a, what does, what does the Lord require of you is the phrase, do justice, uh, walk humbly, uh, um, and love kindness. And I like that. That's great. But I also want to tie in the, uh, a, a, a moment immediately before that in a scripture that really helps me. Um, it, it begins with, um, kind of, uh, a, 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 you have to kind of get yourself into an ancient agricultural mindset for a second. Um, but I think if we can get there, it's really helpful. Um, the, the, the reflection in this, in this, this prophecy from Micah, he says, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams with 10,000 of, of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? And then there's sort of like this implied, like, no, of course not. And then we get the famous phrase. He has told you, O mortal, what is good? 
and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. And I think why this is so powerful to me is it's not just, you know, it's not just about like do what's most important in life. It kind of brings in those things that we think are what's so important. We have to do things that look incredible. We have to, we have to, if we're farmers, we have to have thousands of rams that we, you know, uh, that we give to God, or we have to give up 10,000 rivers of oil, or we have to give our firstborn to say that we're sorry for our regrets or our mistakes in life. And, and the implication is, no, you don't have to do that. The Lord has shown you what is required of us. What is the wise thing to do? How do we step into this? How do we per persevere? We do justice. We love kindness. We walk humbly. And, and so to me, that is, you know, that, that, that is putting on my priority list the highest things in life, justice, kindness, mercy, love, and, and humility. And so it is, it is by no means giving me you know, a, a, a small bag of potatoes. But what it's saying is in order to pursue those biggest matters of life, the most important things, you, you, you don't have to like climb a mountain. You don't have to do everything that is so showy and, 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 and make it appear like you are just the most contrite and amazing person. You just keep in, keep in, uh, in front of you justice, mercy, humility, love, kindness. And that to me is really freeing. And, and, and it inspires me to kind of keep at it, even when I'm feeling that fatigue. I like that. You know, I think you know, Jesus echoes that, that verse himself in, in talking about, uh, you know, you, you give your, your dill, your cumin, all, all of your gifts, but you have missed the more important things of, of justice and mercy. And I think uh, that, that resonates with me. And I think in all of this, what mostly keeps me going and keeps me thinking about how how we move forward is, is recognizing that I need to learn from others. I need to listen to others. I need help outside of myself in this process um, because I mean, on the most fundamental level, you cannot bring, level you cannot bring about systemic justice where we have seen systemic injustice alone, and we cannot bring about change and movement without it being um, done together by listening and understanding and, and working together. And in some ways that's a little freeing to say, I need to keep pushing forward into my part, but it isn't all on me. But the truth is I need to be part of a whole and keep pushing forward. But there are many other people in this with me. And then there's a God who is deeply invested in this working with me and that the truth is like this is the part of life where we actually get to feel the most connected and most alive is when we are working together with the god of the universe and people fighting for his mission all together are you uh, listening to anything or reading anything or any one in particular who inspires you right now that we might pass on some some resources uh, to everyone I'm reading lots of things. Um, you know, I think to me uh, th that what I've been trying to recently do is uh, be reading and listening to people of, of non-white voices right now. So I've been listening to, you've mentioned Pod Save the People before, I've been trying to listen to various different podcasts that are bringing about people's perspectives that break me outside of my own, and that feels incredibly helpful for me. And I've also um, been trying to do as much reading as I can um, around uh, like successful conversations around change. Um, and so I think, uh, 
even even understanding the the difficulty of us hearing each other in any kind of way if we're not willing to actually do the work ourselves in understanding the role that culture and race shade conversation and so i think for me it's been trying to figure out how do i push forward more in conversations with some people that i maybe would have sat back on like namely other people who are are white and maybe a little bit more um, uh, see this conversation from a different angle for myself and feeling like maybe I need to push forward there. And then in other spaces, trying to figure out uh, where I can kind of sit back and, and listen more, chiefly to non-white and non-male voices um, and trying to figure out wh where is the dance of where my voice needs to be heard and where is the dance of where I need to listen more. Very good. Well, uh, one um, thing that has been inspiring me to persevere is learning from uh, one organization in particular called uh, the Christian Community Development Association. They go by CCDA. Uh, it's an organization that's been doing uh, justice and equity work in American cities for a really long time, but I've recently uh, been introduced to them for the first time myself. Uh, we'll have Abby drop some info on them in the chat, a link for you to check out. Uh, and we wanted to direct um, Brownline's uh, attention toward a panel discussion that CCDA hosted a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we're gonna watch about 10 minutes from it. Uh, this clip opens up a ton of re like really rich topics that are connected to things that we talk a lot about uh, at BLC, uh, and then also some that we hope to dive into more as a church uh, as we continue our ongoing work of anti-racism. Uh, but one thing that really stood out uh, to me in this panel discussion in particular is how they address perseverance uh, and not letting fatigue win. So uh, we'll pass on the clip here. The voices we'll be hearing from are Michelle Higgins, Terrence Hawkins, and Dominique Gilliard. And uh, each of them have some followings that you can check out um, uh, afterward uh, online. Each of them are practitioners of uh, CCDA's core principles, which again, you can follow the link and learn a little bit more about. Uh, one of them, Mr. Gilliard, is here in Chicago, in Bronzeville, so uh, a local person, and we'll, we'll certainly hear him mention Chicago uh, before we're done. So the question, um, I'll bring up the video here, the question that they are responding to, the panelists are responding to, where we jump in, because it's in the middle of this much longer panel discussion. Uh, the question I respond to is, how do we stay in this for the long term and turn this moment into a movement. All right, let me bring it up for us. You wanna stay in this long-term? Recognize black is beautiful. It gets so simple. Your kids will stop coloring Jesus with that peach crayon and you'll start to realize, wow, I really think black people are ugly. You start to really realize that and you'll know the importance of um, godly grief which leads to repentance. So uh, four major things that I'll give quickly. One is generational healing. We've all named it. We absolutely have to embrace our youth. We have to follow them. We have to bring organizers to youth organizers to make sure that they are trained. Rest, my friends, number two, rest is not, it is not at all anti-victory. It's not anti-radical. In fact, rest is radical. Will you go to bed tonight, please? I mean, I'm not. So somebody call me at three and be like, you hypocrite, lay your body down. Um, you, black women should not have to save the day. 
And yet we are so deeply equipped to save the day because we are the furthest we are the furthest distance from the power of a mediocre white man. And so we are the ones who have the vantage point wisdom, as my beloved sister, Dr. Christina Edmondson, reminds us. We have seen the entire history of the world in viewpoints that we mourn the loss of our beloved brothers, lovers, and fathers when they're gunned down. We, too, lose our sisters when they're gunned down. We carry families, and we organize in ways that do not make people speak our names. How many women were holding up Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Don't play me. Dr. Coretta, I mean, Coretta Scott King barely got her birthday celebrated two years ago. We have to know that women in our life deserve rest. The right thing to do every time is to ask me my favorite ice cream flavor, because I can <laughs> promise you I can promise you that I can bail you out while eating ice cream and cussing out a police officer to make sure that we don't get followed on our way home. We can do it all. We really can. But brothers, sisters, hey, they, hey, should we have to? Absolutely not. Rest is for your good. The last two things, you have to join an organization. You can't do it on your own. Yes. Join an organization that aligns with your gifts, that shows you that you don't have to try to uh, steal anybody else's culture in order to be hip on the street, that gives you training. And that's the fourth. Get trained. Pay for Justice has training available. CCDA has tons of trainings available. If you are out on the street and you don't know what to do, that's because you need training, baby. And the training that you need to, to continue in this momentum of protest is probably going to come from an organization that is Black-led, that is Black liberation serious, and that is not afraid to embrace people that bring radical politics in, even to their spiritually pious spaces. They are unintimidated by challenge. They don't have to be right about everything. But are they intimidated by challenge? That's not your home. Your home is a place where when you say something that seems radical, Nobody blinks because God is the most radical presence in all of our lives. Mm. All right, mm. Terrence. My, my. Um, first thing I would say is, um, you know, Fannie Lou Hamer taught us that nobody's free until everybody's free. And within our own community as black folks, there are hierarchies. Within our own community as black folks, there's a way, there are ways in which there are some folks that we'll show up for um, and be loud as we can for, and there are other folks that there's deadly silence around their suffering. And so to see ourselves um, bound to each other and to see our struggles as inseparable is 1000% um, necessary for this work because we don't want I mean, America is the story of a freedom and a dream um, that's rooted in somebody else's nightmare. Um, it's a story of a peace that's rooted in the violence upon other bodies. And so we don't want a freedom dream um, that somehow leaves others out. So no matter what slice of blackness it is, we need to um, include them in our analysis, center the most vulnerable, um, and push forward with that, that mindset. Um, two more things I'll say. Um, maintain and imagine, maintain and cultivate a radical imagination. Maintain and cultivate a radical imagination. I'm telling y'all, the powers are so skilled 
at scarring and starving our imagination to where they will make us think that a tweak of the system is how we get free. But I, I wanna dare everyone um, to lean into those radical dreams, to listen to folks that are making suggestions and proposals and policy um, uh, policy moves that, that feel a little crazy, that feel outside of the bounds of what you can imagine. Because in 1722, to imagine an America without official enslavement was absolutely ridiculous. And right here in 2020 to imagine America with public safety beyond what we know as policing sounds ridiculous, but I think there are voices making uh, claims and suggestions and sharing truths that we need to lean into. So hold on to your radical imagination. And lastly, always remember Jesus. I'm gonna say this way, always remember black Jesus. And all I mean by that is remember that Jesus um, came to us born of the Virgin Mary, a girl from Nazareth, teenage girl, um, oppressed, living under occupation. And that is where the reign of God um, sprouts up. And if we can stay rooted in that Jesus by the power of the spirit, um, we can be a part of these movements and we can be a part of bending our world towards love and justice. Another world is possible through Jesus Christ um, by the power of the spirit um, and the kingdom of God coming on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm, I'll close by really kind of sharing a little bit from uh, our, our brother committed to liberation from another mother. Um, Walter Brueggemann's prophetic imagination has mm -hmm. really been helping me get through this. And one of the things he talks about is that as long as the empire can convince us that things are all right, there will be no radical critique of the structure and therefore there will be no real grievance and no real transformation. Um, brothers and sisters, we are living in an empire that is constantly trying to seduce us into believing that things are all right. Um, because George Floyd, don't look like me, don't live in my community, um, kind of feels estranged from me that I actually am okay. But I want to tell you that you are not okay. Things are not okay when we got brothers and sisters sitting behind bars who are locked into essentially a death sentence given COVID and the fact that they can't practice social distancing, they can't adhere to medical professionals' uh, recommendations, uh, when we still got families being separated at the borders, when we got Black folk being murdered in the street, when we got Indigenous people on reservations that don't even have an infrastructure to support them when they actually do get uh, the medical technologies and the ventilators to help them treat the massive number of COVID cases that are happening, things are not all right. And we have to collectively acknowledge that and proclaim that. And how we do that is through going back to what Michelle said, we got to cry out to God. We can't cry out to these powers and these principalities and these structures that are in play here. We got to cry out to God. And through that urgent critique, we cry out to the only person who is capable of actually transforming what is into what we know will be. And so, but the first thing is we got to realize that things aren't okay and that powers are trying to seduce us into believing that they are. And as long as we fall into that, we ultimately will not collectively mobilize in the way that we have to if we're going to truly bring about uh, gospel transformation in our world. Well, again, we've dropped uh, a link in uh, the chat for you to learn more about CCDA, an awesome organization that uh, has our attention right now. 
Uh, I've asked uh, Kevin Williams if he can uh, pray for us today as we sort of let everything settle in uh, before we move to uh, the, uh, the second half of our service. All right, yeah, thanks, Vince. Um, Jesus, we thank you, Lord, um, that you love us so much that when you bring us together, you give us another opportunity for enlightenment, awareness, for spiritual rekindling that will guide our thoughts and our actions moving forward. And Lord, we're thankful for today's discussion that reminds us that you never want us to do anything under our own power. But that, Lord, you've always promised that your arms are wide open to bring our burdens to you and to allow your power to manifest itself. And so, Lord, as we continue to walk down this path, moving towards a vision that's closer to what you want us to be as a family and as a society, where there's full racial reconciliation, a full address of the issues that have kept us separate for too long. Lord, we pray that we put these burdens in your hands and through prayer, Lord, we ask for your ideas. We ask that you inspire us. We ask that you move us, motivate us individually to understand what we can do in this society to promote a family that is fully racially healed. And Lord, that as we experience mental and physical fatigue, Lord, please remind us to turn to you even more strongly and to ask for your blessing and for your full grace to carry us through, to remind us to take a step back and in prayer to hear your voice more clearly about how we are to act and how we are to think. And Lord, we ask that you strengthen us and empower us even more so that as we move from that period of emotional, spiritual, and physical rest, that you energize us even more for the next leg of the journey. And we ask, Lord, that you link us more closely together so that we work more closely 
with each other and that together we stay our eyes on you and our prayers on you to help us make even more progress. And so we're very thankful for this moment in time. You have not forgotten us. And Lord, we pray that you let us keep you in our hearts and minds to keep us moving forward in the days to come. And we ask this in your name. Amen.